0: Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word.
1: Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 64386541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayirlist2020 at gmail.com Blessed
2: assurance, Jesus is mine
3: Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine
2: delight, visions of rapture now burst on my side.
4: be seated freddie was talking about when we fill this building up you know what we're going to do when we fill this building up we're going to find another one and maybe build one somewhere that will be our own place wouldn't you like that i mean we're we're treated well here at chopsticks and and uh, the owners of chopsticks own our building and they're very kind to us they're very good to us And we're very thankful to be able to have this. But, we're going to have a church building of our own one of these days if the Lord doesn't come back. Right, Freddie? The Lord may come back before then, David. And we, we won't need a building like that. But if He doesn't, hopefully we'll see the time when we can build our own building, have our own church, and another thing that i want to see real soon we have people like Oni that can't understand english a lot now thankfully she understands some (laughs) but we want to be able to have headphones and somebody to interpret what i'm saying and what others are saying so that they can get more out of our service if they speak spanish Amen. Don't you want that too? Amen. And uh, so uh, be praying about that. All right, one other announcement, and I'm going to quit. I've announced this, I think, three, four, five times. I don't know how many times. But these are offering envelopes. You say, oh, that doesn't look like an offering envelope to me. <laughs> but it is. It's our new offering envelopes. And you can write your name and uh, the offering and any other information. Look at the other offering envelopes that are printed and see what they have on them and see if there's any of that information you'd like to put on this so that we can know where you want your offering to go, things like that. Uh, But anyway, these are mainly on the pews now instead of those little white offering envelopes that you're used to. And uh, so please start using these. And uh, they're just the right size, I think, right, Frank? Uh, to uh, open it up put your money in and seal it back up and drop it drop it in the box back there and uh, so uh, that's the last time I'm going to announce that if somebody else comes in and they don't know what to use these little plastic bags for I'm going to leave it up to you to explain it because you can can't you (laughs) Sonny can you explain that to somebody for us (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right uh, Frank come and give us our updates on our
0: signals I'm gonna talk more about the bags oh no <laughs> the main reason we got these there was two main reasons first of all the the envelope itself that the adhesive didn't stick so there was always it's a mess because of the money was falling out of the envelopes <laughs> And uh, I found these and it's got a nice seal on it and uh, They're much cheaper. So we decided to go this way. This is the last time I'm going to talk about that <laughs> As you can see Daniel's not here today. Uh, this is the first time he's missed in a long time yes, I, it I is. heard he's had some kind of a problems with his uh, with We've his leg that. his knee whatever. So uh, I'm going to add him to our prayer list. So yes, uh, Make sure we uh, we get that prayed for also uh, daniel and chopsticks he's working today and as he's remember i think it was last week or two weeks ago two he, weeks ago he July, had the, his mother passed away his mother passed away then he had the fire thing in his eyes yes. he had to go to the hospital his eyes was white they cleaned it all out and he's blessed i talked to him he goes i'm just blessed i'm not lucky i'm blessed so thank you for your prayers your prayers on that and uh, betty gray's been on my my heart today um I know she hasn't been here a long time. She's been through a lot of sickness. I know she's on the mend. And, uh, she's doing better. She's doing better. And hopefully we'll see her within a week or two. And if she's listening, hi, Betty. That's yeah. all I got. All right.
4: all right. One other thing that we might uh, I might mention this morning. Uh, I had not talked to David about his family. My fault. I should have. But his wife has Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. And she is probably in the last stages and uh, going through some bad problems. He has a nurse that comes and stays with her. But um, uh, David's wife, we need to remember her in our prayers, too. All right, any other prayer concerns that that, uh, haven't been mentioned this morning that you know about? So good to see each of you here this morning. I know we're missing some. But it's good to see you. We're glad that you're able to be here. And uh, so let's continue with our songs. Great is thy faithfulness. That fits with what we're talking about right now, does it? let yeah. stand. Yeah. Maybe seated. Alright, Julie. Can you hear back there? <laughs> <see> you <laughs> can you see the screen from back there? All right. We're glad that uh, uh, things are getting better in that department. I know some of you are having a hard time hearing back there sometimes. We've got the microphone, microphones. We've got the speakers moved to the back. Now, if it comes to the place where Sonny can't hear from up here, we can put some small speakers up here. But I think everybody can hear up here okay, don't you? I believe they can. We're good,
0: huh? (laughs) All right.
4: Frank, what about it? Are you hearing okay? All right. (laughs) All right, one other thing that I want to mention this morning. Wanda went again to the doctor yesterday. We had talked about and thought about her not going anymore at all. But we he wanted us to come and talk with him. And we did. And he said, well, he said the high blood pressure. You know, he, he's tried to evaluate her every time after she would come. And and uh, her blood pressure went up to 194. Is that right, Wanda? Uh last week not yesterday but last week was it 194 Mm -hmm. and uh, that's the reason she couldn't come last week she was just she she was really feeling bad on Sunday morning and uh, so uh, we talked about her not even going back but he wanted us to come back and talk with him and we did and and he said well I know what's causing that he said "It's, it's the B complex that I'm adding with the blood before I'm putting it back in and he said I'm gonna leave that off and he said you won't have any more problems with high blood pressure well he had told us that the week before too but anyway uh, because what was it the week before that it changed that oh he said the first time was the only time you'd ever have he any problem with that they, yeah it was interacting with toxins in her body, and, and she wouldn't have any more problems with the high blood pressure. Well, she did last week uh, more than she'd had the week before. It was 180, 181, I think it was the week before. Is that right? All right. How
0: we, we, long is the treatment for?
4: Oh, you mean how long does it go on? Uh, it was for how many weeks?
2: He said 12, to
4: 12 to 20. According to how she does, we we're supposed to have 12 to 20. Well, uh, after he told us, he said, it's the B complex that I'm adding with her blood because we had read that people were having high blood pressure after taking B vitamins. So we thought, well, okay, that is what it is. And so she had another treatment yesterday without the B vitamins added with it. Her blood pressure yesterday afternoon when we got back home. We stayed there for two hours. It went up to 170s, 170, 170 something. I don't remember what, and it began to come down just a little bit. So we said, "Well, it's over," and we we went home last night. And it was night because it was after six o'clock before we got back home. We went up there about noon anyway. So we spent all afternoon with the doctor. We were there in case her blood pressure went up too high. He could give her a, a, a shot if she had to have it. And uh, so we came back home, and we thought things were all right. And, and she didn't feel too bad, but she did have some problems in her chest. We took her blood pressure after we got back home, and it was 181. Same as what we had the very first week. And uh, so it wasn't the big complex that uh, she was getting. So anyway, but as you notice, she's here today. So it wasn't as bad as it was the week before. But we're not going back. Not for, not for that. Not for the... Uh, and uh, he was telling us, he said, almost nobody. He said, you're the worst. You're, you're the, you've, you've reacted uh, the very worst of anybody that he's ever treated. It does. It alienates her from everybody, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it, and so she's not going to have the treatments anymore. But we, we were so hopeful that this would cure her leg. He told us that her body would grow back the uh, cartilage. And once the pain was gone, and once the problem was removed, the uh, things that caused the problem that uh, she would be well. Uh, so pray for Wanda uh, and her uh, uh, we want her leg to be well. We was hoping that she wouldn't have to go to the States and get a knee replacement. That was a last resort. But several people have done that, right? Mm-hmm. And you've gone come through the knee replacements and hip replacements. Some not too well, right? <laughs> it's
2: painful. Uh,
4: it, well... After, the after. Yeah. So anyway, uh, just pray for her. Pray for me that we'll both know what we need to do. That uh, we can get her well. We're going to be looking this morning in our message at extraordinary love. Extraordinary love. It takes extraordinary love a lot of times, doesn't it? And we're talking about that for the Lord, not necessarily for each other. We do need to have extraordinary love for each other. The Bible tells us to love one another, doesn't it? And we need to show our love to one another. But we need to show our love to God. And that's what we're going to be reading about today in our Scriptures. As we look at Luke chapter 7. And we'll begin with verse 36. The Bible says, Then one of the Pharisees invited him to eat with him. He entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And a woman in the town who was a sinner found out that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster jar of fragrant oil." and stood behind him at his feet weeping and began to wash his feet with her tears she wiped his feet with the hair of her head kissing him kissing them and anointing them with the fragrant oil when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this he said to himself this man if he were a prophet, would know who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him. She's a sinner. Jesus replied to him, now remember, this Pharisee is thinking this. It's not even voiced with his mouth. He's thinking this. Jesus replied to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he said, say it. A creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. Since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one he gave more. You have judged correctly, he told him. Turning to the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she, with her tears, has washed my feet and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You didn't anoint my head with oil, olive oil, but she has But she has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. But the one who is forgiven little. Loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning for this reading. Help us today as we unpack it, as we begin to understand what was going on here and how that this is an example for us. That we might understand it and that we might go and do likewise. We know that Jesus is not here today for us to anoint his feet for us to do the things this woman did to Him, but we can still show our love for our Lord and do the things that He's asked us to do and that You're asking from us. And we pray Your blessings on each one that's here. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. This woman had been forgiven of many things not just adultery which she was guilty of very evident but she had been forgiven of all of her sins had she not now when you came to Jesus Christ you came as a sinner if you're saved, you had to and you ask Him to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And you were the same condition that this woman was in because you were completely forgiven. Completely. You don't have any sins left that you needed forgiveness for because you were completely forgiven. And she became a disciple. What does the word disciple mean? follower Follower. you're right she was a follower of Jesus Christ and we see this in her actions now we claim to be disciples of Christ we claim to be followers of Christ if we are people should be able to see that in our actions in what we do we see her heart as a servant We see what she did. Now last week, we learned that a disciple is passionately committed to Jesus. He remembers what's more important. Remember what we talked about? And we're continuing that thought today as we think about what God wants us to do in our lives to show our love for Him. A disciple loves Jesus more than any earthly relationship. A disciple is willing to take up his cross and follow him. And a disciple is willing to give up everything for the kingdom. This morning, we'll see that a disciple is to have extraordinary love for people. You've heard the expression... What's love got to do with it? Haven't you ever heard that? (laughs) Dr. C.B. Cursor, I call him a theologian, he's written commentaries on the Scriptures. And as he was writing about this subject of love, he says, Love is not a virtue among the list of virtues, but the sum and the substance... Of what it means to be a Christian. Love is what it means to be a Christian, he says. I don't know how many of you are studying another language. Wanda and I are studying Spanish. I know Rennie teaches Spanish right here in this spot. And in the Spanish language, there's dozens of words, literally, for love. Now more is one of the main ones, but there's there's, as I said, many different words they use for love. We don't do that in English, do we? We have one word <laughs> for love. And we may say, I love my wife. And I do, I love Wanda. I don't know whether you know that or not, but I do, I love Wanda. And when I tell her I love her, I use that word L-O-V-E. I love you. Now this is sort of for Wanda as well. I love Willie Nelson. She might say that in talking about his music. Is that the same kind of love that I talked about? (laughs) thank you George (laughs) I love my children still a different kind of love isn't it I love oatmeal peanut butter cookies that's what we took to the market last Tuesday is that the same kind of love I wish we had different words for love in the English language that other languages have. But what I'm getting at is in the Greek language, there were several. Not quite as many as Spanish has, but there were several. One of them is philia. Or phileo, according to how it's used in a sentence and that is affection regarding friendship most of the time friends would say i feel meaning i love you but you know not quite as much love as you have for your wife (laughs) or maybe that you have for the lord we'll talk about that in just a moment this is the word that's used to name a city have you ever heard of Philadelphia and they have the motto that is the city of brotherly love but that's where the word is used in naming that city and then storage that love Is affection especially now between family members, parents to children, children to parents, storage? This love is a little different, isn't it, than what you have for your spouse or what you have for your friend? And then the other, the third main love that was talked about in Greek literature was eros. That means sexual love, passion. This word is never used in the scriptures. But this is where we get the word erotic. Erotica. The scriptures as we look at them, has a third word. In fact, it started with the Septuagint. This is where the word was used for love for God and God's love for man. And the word is agape. It was a word in in Greek, but it was very seldom ever used in Greek literature until we come to the scriptures and then we find that Jesus used this word repeatedly often mucho if you understand what I mean and the writers of the New Testament use this word in describing our love for God and God's love for us agape a higher greater love than any of these other words expressed. Notice these uses of agape in the Scriptures. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, This hope will not disappoint us, because God's love, agape, has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who who was given to us. The entire Bible is a story of the outpouring of this agape love. Everywhere we look in the Scriptures, we see that love talked about. The kind of love takes the initiative. Notice this, John 3.16. You remember that verse of Scripture. For God loved, agape, loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. That's what agape love does. And then in John, 1 John 3 verse 1, Look how great a love, again, agape. Look how great a love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children. And we are. In other words, we are God's children. And it was all because of His love. This love is not about feeling, but about our will. And our actions. What we do. How we show that we really do love God. And how God shows us that He really does love us. Greater love has no man than this. That He laid down His life for a friend. Well, Jesus didn't just lay down His life for a friend. He laid down His life for the whole world, didn't He? John MacArthur, some of you are familiar with his writings. He says love is the paramount priority of the Christian life. You know, Pastor, what has bothered me for years is, and I had a theologian investigate. World, we don't celebrate on our calendar.
2: We have Valentine's Day, Labor Day, George Washington Day, Abraham Lincoln. Veterans Native, etc., etc., in the United States. We human beings in
4: this world don't have one. It should be three, Dr. Birch says, and other doctors and the theologian arena. We don't have one day on our calendar to celebrate the sovereignty of God, which has created us, which has manifested everything, all these worlds and universes. Not once. It bothers well, me so much. Maybe Christmas comes close. It
2: comes
4: Him coming to the earth. But anyway, yeah, you're right. But love is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. Remember that? It's talked about in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. In other words, we really can't love like we need to love Until we know the one who is love. God is love. And when we know Him as our personal Savior, when we've been born again, when we've trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior, we're able to not only experience that love, which we do, but we're able to show that love to other people. Let's notice the invitation that was given by this Pharisee to Jesus. It says, Then one of the Pharisees invited him to eat with him. He entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. I think we pretty well understand that. That's verse 36 of our text. They reclined at the table when they ate instead of sitting at chairs like we do. But, he was invited to the Pharisee's house. Now, it's not uncommon in that day and time for a visiting rabbi who was speaking at a synagogue to be invited to a prominent individual's home to eat. and that's simply what happened. I don't think that this Pharisee that invited Jesus had invited him because he loved him, like we are talking about this morning. He simply out of courtesy, ask him to come and share a meal. We know in chapter 5 that the Pharisees were watching Jesus. They were trying to find fault with him. They hated him. They didn't love him. They had the opposite reaction to him. And it may have been that this Pharisee was one of those. They Maybe he hated Jesus. We don't know. Simon's background and we don't know his future even from this day forward but the Pharisees were watching him trying to find fault now this house that this Pharisee had was elaborate it was one of the nicest homes in Jerusalem and it probably had a courtyard a large garden A fountain beautiful flowers just imagine if you will you you can you can think about a place like that here in Bocchetti I know and eating in the garden made it less private and more like a block party you know just anybody could wander in and so here this Sinner came. And came right on in. We might call her a party crasher. You think? Notice it says, And a woman in the town who was a sinner. Now, I didn't make that up a moment ago. The Bible calls her that, doesn't it? Who was a sinner. Found out that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house she brought an alabaster jar of fragrant oil and stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to wash his feet with her tears. You know, this wasn't just a... She was bawling, what we would call bawling. She was crying profusely enough tears to wet his feet enough tears to wash his feet. Let us notice. She wiped his feet with her hair of her head, kissing him and anointing them with a fragrant oil. That's verse 37 and 38 of our text. She, it says, was a sinner. This is a nice way of saying she was a prostitute. That's what she was. Notice I said was, not is. Along the way, she had met Jesus. We don't know how. We don't know where. But this was not the first encounter with Jesus. She had come into His presence in the Pharisee's house, a changed woman. A changed person. And faith in Jesus had changed everything. She knelt in the dust, washed his feet, broke open that alabaster jar and poured it over his feet and kissed him again and again and again. What was she doing? She was saying, I adore you. I love you. The entire house was filled with the fragrance of this perfume. Now notice the judgment of the Pharisee. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, This man if he were a prophet, would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him. She is a sinner. Did Jesus not know that? Yes, he did. He knew all about it. But Simon was in, indignant. And he said to himself, notice he he wasn't saying it to anybody. He didn't mouth it, he didn't tell anybody, he didn't announce it. He was thinking to himself. But Jesus heard it, didn't he? And he said, if this man were a prophet, he wouldn't allow this to happen, right? Obviously, Jesus is no prophet like the people claimed him to be, the Pharisee was saying, he wouldn't allow this woman to touch him. He doesn't understand. So Jesus begins to help him understand. And He gives him this story. Jesus replied to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Notice the respect now that Simon gives. Teacher, he said, say it. A creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one he forgave more? You have judged correctly, he told him. Verses 40 through 43. Now, I don't know for sure that these numbers are correct, but let's just use them for illustration purposes. Reading the commentary. For these verses of Scripture, it said that the modern day numbers for the denarii that these individuals owed was one owed 500,000 and the other owed 50 dollars, making it in dollars and cents. In other words, the one owed a huge amount and the other not so much. Most of you this morning, if I should come to you and I said I, I need I need you to give me fifty dollars, you could probably do that. Couldn't you? I don't see very many heads going up and down. <laughs> I'm not going to do that this morning. <laughs> but if I came to you and I said I need five hundred thousand dollars, you'd have a hard time digging that up, wouldn't you? Some of us couldn't. <laughs> but these individuals owed a huge amount or a small amount. But each one was forgiven whatever it was that was owed to the individual who had loaned them the money. Both of these individuals couldn't repay the amount of money. The one who owed 50 couldn't pay it. So both were helpless, weren't they? But both were forgiven. Now, notice that Simon was sensing a trap, I think, here from Jesus. (laughs) And he had trouble answering the obvious Response. But he goes on and says, finally, I suppose that one who owed more would love more. For the first time in this entire encounter, Simon had finally judged something correctly. He hadn't judged Jesus correctly, he hadn't judged this woman correctly. And these are the two things that are revealed about Simon in this encounter. Though finally, he judged something correctly. Well, let's notice the difference. Turning from the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? Now, he turned to the woman. But he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house... You gave me no water for my feet. You know what was customary in that day and time? As an individual entered the building, just like we used to do almost (laughs) here in this particular building, when you came in, you stepped your feet in something that cleansed your shoes, right? Well, in that day and time, they took their sandals off and and bathed their feet in a pan of water. They were washed. By a servant, usually, We had servants here that helped you as you came in the door too, right? Wanda and Penny and maybe some others of you took turns back there helping people as they came in to know that they had to put their feet in that solution to cleanse their feet. Well anyway, you understand what was going on. When I entered, you gave me no water for my feet. But she with her tears has washed my feet and wiped them with her hair. Now they would dry their feet with a towel, too, wouldn't they? That was part of the custom of that day and time. You gave me no kiss. When you entered a person's home, and the Spanish do that a lot here, don't they? They'll kiss you. On the cheek. (laughs) They'll kiss you. And... That was the custom of that day and time. But Simon didn't kiss Jesus. Do you get a picture maybe of Simon? Who he was? Or who he was not? But she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You didn't anoint my head with olive oil. Again, a custom of that day and time as you came in, they would put a little oil on your head. But she has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Verses 44 through 46. The question that Jesus asked the Pharisee, asked Simon, was so important. Do you see this woman? Now he hadn't seen her. Not really. He had seen a sinner. He had seen a prostitute. He had seen an individual that was looked down on, that was hated by society, that was an outcast. That's what Simon had seen. But Jesus is saying, do you see this woman? He didn't extend even the most common courtesy to Jesus, much less this woman. When someone entered your house, a servant would wash your feet. This woman had done this with her tears. When a guest entered the house, the host would kiss that individual. Simon hadn't done that. The woman had repeatedly, continually kissed Jesus' feet as he reclined there. Notice But she has anointed my feet with fragrant oil, usually a little olive oil, just placed on somebody's head. No no big deal, just a common courtesy that that was showing you're welcome here. But she had not stopped with her love by showing her love, as she gave something very expensive, this alabaster jar was something very expensive. On one occasion, when someone else did this, now this was something that was done more than one time, by the way, in the Scriptures, so don't get them mixed up. But when someone else had done this, a woman by the name of Mary, not his mother, but another Mary, Judas Iscariot said, Lord, look, this this could have been saved, this could have been sold and and." and We could have used that money in the ministry. Well, the Bible reveals there that Judas Iscariot had put his hand into the money and taken some for himself, if you notice that Scripture. But anyway, the reactions couldn't have been different. Simon showed no love for Jesus. This woman continually showed love. This woman showed extravagance, extraordinary love for him. What made the difference? Well, we assume by the things that were done that Simon didn't love. Would you say that? Would that be a good synopsis of what we're looking at here? The driving force is love he said therefore I tell you her many sins have been forgiven that was why she loved much Jesus said this but the one who is forgiven little loves little then he said to her your sins are forgiven those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What has saved her? Was it because she had washed his feet with her tears? Dried his feet with her hair? Was it because she had kissed his feet continually? Was it because she had anointed his feet with very expensive oil? No! No! She did that because she loved him, because he had forgiven her much. A lot of times today, I think people show very little love for God because they think they're pretty righteous within themselves. They didn't see God forgiven, forgiving them of all their great sins. Well, let me say this. I don't care whether your sin was simply that one time in your life you told a fib, you lied, or if you were like this woman and you had had committed great atrocities. Our love for God should be because we've been forgiven much. Regardless of our sins, we've been forgiven and we've been given a home in heaven. We've been given eternal life, not because we deserved it, not because we did something like this woman was doing for Jesus, but because we placed our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. How was she saved? The same way you were saved. If you're saved. And the same thing for me. Simon knew Jesus was talking about him. I would hope that after this encounter, he placed his faith in Jesus. Because, you know really, Simon had great sins as well. Not according to society. He was a Pharisee. He looked very righteous. He was a leader. But he had great sins not because of something great that he had done but something great he had failed to do he had not placed his faith and trust in Jesus Christ and that's what sends a soul to hell did you know that not our great sins oh yeah we're condemned for sins but we're not condemned because we placed our faith and trust in Jesus and He's forgiven us of our sins and cleansed us from all unrighteousness, however many unrighteousness there were in our lives. Let us notice one other verse of Scripture found in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. It says, I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you must also love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. How are people going to know we know Jesus? By our love. By how we treat people. And we need to love them. As God has loved us the way we love each other shows to the world what side we're on who we belong to and our love for each other helps the lost and dying world to see Jesus helps them see Christ Ephesians 4 verse 32 says be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving one another Just as God also forgave you in Christ. Have you been forgiven? If you haven't, you need to come to Jesus. He's the only way to heaven. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Let me show you from the Word of God. I don't ask you to take my word for it, but I ask you to take God at His Word. Let me show you from the Scriptures what God says you must do that you might have eternal life. Let's stand together. We're going to sing Sanctuary. And as we sing this hymn, it may be today that God is speaking to your heart and you know there's a decision that you need to make. And we ask you to come and make it right now.
3: Right and true
2: with thanksgiving, I'll be a lady, sanctuary for you, Lord, prepare.
4: Bob, would you get ready to come and uh, give our benediction? And while he's coming, we've got some treats up here for you. Don't leave these for me and Wanda to take home. We don't need them. We'll give them all to Frank and Penny. <laughs> but uh, there's cupcakes, and is there any donuts left? And I'm not sure what all. But uh, come and feel free to get some of these, get some coffee. Bob, would you... Lead us in our prayer, please.
0: Oh, Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yes, we thank you that we can come today to your house, worship you, study your word. You've heard the prayer concerns, Father, thy will be done. We ask that their needs be met. Guide us this next week. As we go forth, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 64386541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer List 2020 at gmail.com.
4: Thank you, and God bless.